بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين رب شرح لي صدري ويسل لي أمري وحن لقدة من لساني يفقه قولي أما بعد Respected elders, dear brothers and sisters, my young friends, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Imagine living in a city where you are afraid to walk outside because someone could attack you or rob you or hurt you. And you're afraid to drive in your car because you are worried that someone could carjack you or perhaps shoot at you. Life would be very difficult and would be very different. And unfortunately, there are places like that. There are places like that around the world where in their day-to-day -day lives, people do not have a sense of safety and security. And increasingly, more and more, we find this happening closer to home as well. In such cases, when we find ourselves in such an environment where there is danger, where there is insecurity, where there is hatred around us outside, the ultimate place for refuge, for safety, normally is in the home. SubhanAllah, even if there is still a risk of something happening to someone from the outside while they're at home, there is that special feeling Right? As they say, home sweet home, right? So there's a special feeling associated with, emotionally, with being inside the doors and the walls of one's home. And when that space is violated, so for example, if you have had a break-in in your house, it's a very peculiar feeling afterwards, knowing that someone had come in, had trespassed into your safe space, and had seen your things and touched your things and had you know, a, a, a step foot on the place where you feel or inside the place that you feel is yours and where you feel secure. And it's a very unsettling feeling to have that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from all types of harm. So when we come home and we lock the doors, we feel most secure or it should make us feel most secure because, you know, the home is called the maskan, right? It's a place of second coming from sukoon and sakina. So a place of calm, a place of peace, and a place of tranquility. And here, alhamdulillah, in our neighborhood, and for the most part in our city, with some exceptions, you know, while we may be safe from physical violence out on the street, the reality is, is that many of us face many other pressures. Many other pressures. So there is stress. There is anxiety. You know, related to perhaps our work, our studies, our financial situation, workplace issues, you know, bullying, discrimination, you know, and so on and so forth. So the home, right? So the home should be the sanctuary, the place of peace and tranquility that where one comes to get away from all of that. So all of the things that we find ourselves experiencing and witnessing 
in our day-to-day -day lives outside of the home. When we come home, our home should be a place where we are able to get some refuge, where we are able to, we are able to get away even just a little bit from all of those worries and those concerns. But my brothers and sisters, unfortunately what is happening though, in many cases, is that the home isn't that place of peace and tranquility anymore. Because now, we find increasingly, even within the home, within many homes, sadly, there is tension. And there are threats. And there are even cases of violence as well. And those homes are now no longer places of tranquility and peace as they are intended to be, as they should be, and as they deserve to be. Now there may be a number of root causes, you know, depending on the situation, because every single situation is different, or we could say that no two situations are completely the same. So perhaps one of the parties is behaving and acting unreasonably. Right? Perhaps the other could have uh, you know, anger management issues. There could be external triggers causing stress, as I mentioned, there could also be mental health issues, which are also sadly on the rise. There could be a child or a youth who, who is misbehaving, or perhaps many other factors. And this is, these are not necessarily you know, new problems or new issues, although you know, they seem to be occur occurring more now. So there seems to be, there appear to be more instances. So they're not new challenges and issues, but there appear to be more of them happening now. What must be clear though, my brothers and sisters, is that no matter what the circumstances, violence must never be an option, right? which can come from any member of the family, which can come from any member of the family. But unfortunately, the majority of the time, Majority of the times that we know about and that are reported, it is coming from men. You see, on any given day in Canada, more than 3,000 women, along with their 2,500 children, are living in an emergency shelter to escape domestic violence. And being in that situation, you know, in a shelter with an uncertain future, and in many instances, there was just a, a news report recently here in Ottawa that the shelters are actually full and there is no place to go. So to be in a shelter with an uncertain future, you know, many times in fear, is not a situation that most, if not all women, you know, choose to be in. There is fear, there is pain that compels them to take that step. That is not something for the vast majority of people, for the ma vast majority of women and children who are in that situation, they're not there because they want to be there. They're not there because they felt like it or it was something that they would enjoy. No, it's, it's, it's far, far from being a situation and a place that is, you know, that, that is enjoyable or that someone would desire. This is a problem, my brothers and sisters, that does not distinguish between rich and poor. It does not distinguish between educated and non-educated, or ethnicity and religion. And our communities are no exception. Right? Like if you try to look for, if you study the problem, 
the issue and you try to come up with some sort of common factor that you can find across the board, you know, to, to sort of either, you know, profile people or, or to sort of, you know, put it into a certain category, it's very difficult to do that because it runs right across. And our communities are no exception. You know. In fact, in some shelters in our city and across Canada, in major cities in Canada, there is a disproportionately high number of Muslims, Muslim women and children. Right? Sometimes even the majority. So if you were to look at the numbers staying on a given night or in a month, and look at all the populations that are, you know, the, 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 the people that are, are, are staying at the shelter, actually the majority in some cases would be Muslims. There is no question that violence, you know, physical, emotional, psychological pain is being felt every single day in many Muslim homes. But we just don't hear about them, about those cases. So because the violence often, though not always, originates from men, and because men have a greater responsibility, Islamically, as leaders of the family, they are the ones, we are the ones who should be addressed first. As we probably know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put many responsibilities upon men as heads of the household. And therefore, it also means that we are also more accountable as well. There is no such thing as power and authority without responsibility and without accountability. The more, the higher the authority and the responsibility, the greater the accountability. And I think a lot of times this is something that we, we as human beings lose sight of and forget in our pursuit for more power and our pursuit for you know, higher positions and, and more authority. Right? We desire that, but then forget that it also comes with greater accountability as well. And especially regarding those who are under our care. So fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it comes to your dependence. Whenever you are in a situation of authority, in a position of authority, and there are people who are dependent upon you. There are people that you are responsible for. There are people that you are leading, whether it's at home, whether it's at work, whether it's anywhere else. Always fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And remember that oppression is darkness or will be darkness on the day of judgment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Right? Can you imagine a person who thinks that they, they have done you know, a lot of good and they have left, lived their lives in a, in, a, in, a, in a good way and they're, they're pretty confident and they're raised on the day of judgment right, in darkness and they find themselves surrounded by darkness and they find themselves grouped together with oppressors you know all the great oppressors of the world that we like to call out and look down upon and speak ill of right? and I'm not defending them but what if a person who spent their lives doing that find themselves with those very same people on the Day of Judgment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. There will be people, my brothers and sisters, who will lose, who will lose all of their good deeds. Can you imagine? A person who has performed good deeds, who has offered their prayers, who has you know, uh, performed the hajj, who has fasted, who has given in charity, they have done 
a lot of things which are considered to be good, which are good. But on the Day of Judgment, they lose not most, but all of their good deeds. And, and on top of that, take on the burden of sins of others. So not only do they lose everything that they had gained, that they had done, which was already hard enough, but then they also take upon themselves the sins and the burdens of others because of the injustice and the wrongs that they had committed against others. So my brothers, especially, and my sisters, be careful and err on the side of caution. Yes, there may be stress, and your position as a leader perhaps may not be respected, and things may not be the way that you believe is best, but remember that you are responsible for nurturing and for caring and for guiding and making the right and the best decision in a positive manner. In a positive manner, in a reasonable manner. Because Allah and His Messenger وسلم, have ordained, have commanded for you to be kind and to live with your family in a positive and a healthy way. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said that if you find something that you dislike, then know that there may be much good also that Allah may have put in your spouse. So look for and focus on those. And this is, is, is given primarily to the men. However, it applies equally to the woman as well. That if there is something that you dislike, try to focus on the positives. Because you are not going to find an angel in this world for your, as a spouse. You are not going to find someone who is going to be 100% perfect. No matter who you have, they will always have some defects and some faults just like you do. So always try to focus on the positives. Try to overlook and try to forgive. And try to aim and focus on that which is good. And recognize the blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. The Prophet ﷺ was the best role model for us all. And through his life, he never hit anyone. When he was upset, he went away for a bit. And the Prophet ﷺ you know, had this concern, this advice that he gave, right? Where he said that I urge you to treat women well. I urge you to treat women well. The Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made a point in making this statement and sharing it with us and has been passed down to us for a reason, my brothers and sisters. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also said that the believer with the most complete faith is the one with the best character. And SubhanAllah, a lot of times, for some reason, we apply this only on many times, not everyone of course, but many times we find that we are applying this teaching or all the teachings regarding good character and giving people the benefit of the doubt and being kind and being gentle to those outside of our home. It applies to everyone else. It applies to the neighbor. It applies to the person driving beside you, the person at the store, your colleagues, your classmates, huh? everyone else that you see. But when you come inside the home, it's as if that we are in an exclusion zone. That doesn't apply anymore. And now things are different between us. And that's not the way how it should be, my brothers and sisters. These teachings about character and about good conduct are for everyone and especially those who are close to us. Right? So the Prophet ﷺ said then, that in the best of you is the one who is best to his woman. Right? Addressing the men. Right? So 
for those who are married and you have a, you know, a wife and you have daughters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you with a mother who is still alive. You know, be, be, be caring. Right? Be caring and be compassionate. Be understanding, be forgiving, be loving. And in his farewell sermon, the Prophet ﷺ emphasized many of, or we could say all of the important things he wanted to, he wanted us to remember. He said, right? Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with regards to women and do treat them well and be kind to them. And even in the cases of divorce, which is an incredibly painful process, which is incredibly painful process. Right? Right. The worst of the halal things. Right? So yes, it is halal. It is permissible. It's not forbidden. Right? But it's the last resort. It's the last thing that we want to touch. We want to try to resolve things as much as possible. Of course, there may be cases when that is the only option. If there is you know, harm, there's violence, right? and, and, and there's no uh, peace, you know, perhaps that is the only option. But nonetheless, it is something which comes as something which is serious, which is the last resort. So even in that case, which is not easy, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Do not hurt them. To the men, do not hurt them. Right? Again, applies to the woman as well, because sometimes we find these cases right, where there is... Uh, because of the uh, of of the the, the uh, difficulty and the animosity, uh, sometimes there's vengeance. Uh, actually, many times there is right? on on both sides or either side. And no one in particular. It could be men. It could be the husband doing. It could be the woman. It could be both of them. Right? To try to really you know, take one last punch right? while exiting the marriage. My brothers and sisters, this is not the way how we should be. Fear Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala in all of your matters. Right, I still remember, and I mentioned, I mentioned this often, one of our imams in the city telling us who deals with a lot of cases, may Allah bless him and increase him and grant him strength, that you know, people do not fear Allah anymore. Especially with regards to these matters. Right? So keep that in mind, please. And so do not hurt them even in the cases of divorce. So this is the guidance that Allah and His Rasul gave to men. So if someone in your family decides to not follow your guidance, that you have given them with hikmah, with wisdom and love, then they will face the consequences of that. You have done your job. If they don't want to follow your advice and your recommendation with, and that you have given with, with love and with compassion and with hikmah, with wisdom, then they will face the consequences of that. Don't get yourself into a, into a situation where you end up going overboard or you do something that causes you to suffer consequences as well for something that you would not be responsible for. Right. So know the limits of your responsibility. That your responsibility is to guide and advise with love and compassion and with wisdom. And if the other party, the other person does not want to listen, does not take heed, then you have done your job. This often comes from men, but men are not always responsible. Because we are seeing an increase and domestic violence and even actual physical violence being committed by women as well. And of course, this goes without saying that this is also unacceptable. Right? The men have an example in the Prophet 
the women also have an example in him and in the wives of the Prophet And I will say the same thing, that violence is never an option. Neither is making false claims against one's spouse regarding abuse or regarding their character or anything else, which unfortunately is also happening. Yes, I have to be fair. And I have to be fair. So yes, I will advise my brothers and lecture them even regarding the mistakes that we are making. But it would be unfair if I did not say anything about the sisters. So fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and deal with your husband kindly and justly. You have rights and he has rights too. Both have been given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not a one-way street for either party. It's not a one-way street for either party. So for both, focus on pleasing the other. You know, appreciate, respect each other. Even if you disagree at times, have mercy and compassion. And especially for the brothers, you know, never underestimate the value of a kind word, of a small gift, of a bouquet of flowers, of a box of chocolates, of a text message even. When you are busy at work during the day, a short text message to your wife could mean the world to her at that hour in that day. And for the sisters, always know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has you know, created, and for both men and women, Allah has created us differently. Right? In ways that we can see and ways that we cannot see. And there are innate needs that we have, that we desire, even if we don't want to, 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 to express it, or even if we don't show it. So generally Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has designed sisters, women as wanting and desiring love and compassion, care and attention. If you don't give that, you're going to have a problem. And on the flip side, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has designed men as craving and desiring respect. And if there are situations where men feel that they are not being respected, that is how Allah has created them, you're going to have a problem. So even if you have a situation you're trying to deal with, you're trying to advise, do it in a gentle, a loving, and a compassionate, respectful way, and there will be a much better chance of it having an impact, having a positive impact, rather than going negative and trying to, uh, trying to force it. The consequences, my brothers and sisters, of not following the guidance of Allah and the example of the Prophet are many. Some we see immediately, others over a longer period of time. Sometimes children don't want to be home. They don't want to be at home because there's violence between the parents. It's not a pleasant place to be. They want to run away. They don't want to get married when they get older because they've only seen negativity. Right? If you're trying to get your spouse or your child to become more practicing you know, and more religiously inclined, it may have the opposite effect. Right? They start losing their faith, turning away from Islam even because of misrepresentations and misunderstanding of Islamic teachings that they are seeing practically inside the home. So violence and abuse and inflicting pain and suffering within the home are not from the teachings of Allah and His Messenger ﷺ. And this must be very clear. If we diverge from this path, these teachings of this path and these teachings, then there will be all types of consequences. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen your bonds of relationships. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala create love and peace within all of our homes. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among those who follow the guidance of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in every way, especially when dealing with our wives and our husbands and our other family members. Ameen wa akhudah wa alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, phase one construction continues.